part three of our series entitled Fight for the Prize. Now, this morning also, it's important to note right at the beginning, we're only going to be covering one verse. And uh, it's because there is some major, major things to be found in this verse today. Uh, For those of you that are are regularly attending Vision City Church, you know that we like to use our Bibles. And so if you haven't yet opened up your Bible, you can open it up to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. If you have a Bible app, you can do that as well. And this morning, we are going to be looking at temptation and how we overcome it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And this was that verse that I mentioned should cause every one of us to take a step back and reevaluate where we're at when it comes to temptation. It should take, help us take a step back in the quote-unquote, I'm good in that area of our lives. Remember, I asked you that question, have you ever found yourself saying, I would never do that, only to find yourself doing it? Have you ever found yourself saying, I would never do that particular sin? Oh, yes, you could, and maybe some of you don't agree with me. See, we can fall at any time into sin, as it says in Romans 7, verse 18, Paul says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. And we talked about how even as a fighter, if he lowers his guard for a little bit too long, how the opponent, the enemy, so for us as a Christian, for us to drop our guard, our enemy's waiting just to knock us out, really to take that hard blow. You think you're good in that area? And you might ask yourself, well, why do I think I'm good in that area? You might say, well, because it's just not me. I've never struggled with that. That's not in my nature. Well, it is in your nature to sin. And I mentioned last week to sin marvelously. So watch yourself and take heed. You think you stand? Well, make sure you're doing so in the power of the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit. Just, uh, I think it was last week, I, I, uh, I had the opportunity to, uh, to speak at Calvary Chapel Chino Valley for Pastor David Rosales for their midweek service. And I haven't driven on the 91 freeway for some time. And I kind of like to keep it like that. And uh, they've been having major road works and all that for the last, you know, eight, nine months or however long it's been. Uh, but I had not driven on that freeway since they redid it all. And to my horror, as I was trying to get off on the 71, the fast track that used to open to get off on the 71 had those cones all the way. And I couldn't get off. And, and, you know, I kept looking for, you know, one that had been knocked down so that I could get out real quick. But uh, even then, nothing. It was all brand spanking new. And I wasn't about to crash my car and do something illegal just to get off on the 71. So I thought, oh, I'll just, you know, get out on the next uh, exit. And then I passed you know, what is it, you know, where the in and out is there, and then I keep going, and then it takes me on to the 15 south, and I still can't get out, and then just north of Mexico, I am able to exit out of the, the fast track 
which was, I think, Ontario exit, and, and come back around and finally get there just as service starts. And, and poor Dustin, was, was uh, the high school pastor who was waiting for me, thought he was going to have to teach because the pastor that was supposed to be there wasn't there. And he was supposed to be teaching high school that night and, and all that. So I finally get there. And um, I remember uh, I shared this, this uh, quote from Warren Wearsby uh, that night. And uh, it was something that I've been holding on to. And he said this, uh, something to the effect that, that strength that knows itself to be strength is weakness, but weakness that knows itself to be weakness is strength. So strength that knows itself, like I'm strong and I can handle this, is actually weakness. But if you're weak and you realize that you're weak, there's strength there because that implies that the Christian is now relying on the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. See, we don't need anybody failing. We need you to win. We need you to win your race. We need you to receive that crown to receive that prize. See, God has called you and me. He has called us to win the war against the flesh. He has empowered us with the necessary tools and strength to overcome the temptations of the devil. See, we're running this race to win. I'm not running this race to lose. Now, I don't know if any of you have seen that old school movie called Chariots of Fire. But there is a true story uh, where Harold Abrahams loses a race and he, this is a pivotal moment in his life. And he says, I don't run to take beatings. We don't run this race to lose. We run this race to win. We don't run this race to take a beating. We run this race to give a beating. And so we need to be reminded of that today, that part of following the Lord means repenting from sin. Instead of running towards sin, we're running away from sin. But in this race, oftentimes, sin would seek to overtake us by, temp by temptation. And that temptation, it feels so strong, doesn't it? Why do I feel like I want to give in to this sin and that it's more powerful than I, I am? It feels so strong and it makes me feel so weak. And you know what? That's exactly what temptation wants you to feel. That's exactly what it's supposed to do to make you feel, quote unquote, make you feel in your flesh that you cannot overcome it, but rather you have to give into it in order for it to go away. Hey, if I just give into it, then it, it goes away because I resist it and then I just feel like I'm being overtaken by it. It's overcoming me. I just want my temptation to go away. I mean, isn't that what we want really? Is our temptation just to go away? Can it just go away? I want it to go away because if it goes away, then my opportunity to slip into sin goes away with it. I don't want to deal with that, that, that sin. I don't want to deal with that temptation. And to be extremely blunt with you this morning, temptation never goes away. But how you handle it can change. How you handle it can change. You might be thinking, when will this temptation stop? It's never going to stop. How you handle it is what is going to change. The temptation, because here's the deal. When it comes down to temptation, 
We as human beings, we pretend like we don't have weaknesses and that we don't have problems with anything and we can do whatever we want and it's not a problem and I could quit whenever I want, I just don't want to, that kind of thing. And we'll seek to hide the fact that we need help. Satan knows those areas that you need help in and they're called weaknesses and he wants to exploit you in that. God sees those things and he wants to help you and so when weakness realizes itself to be weakness, there's strength. So temptation never goes away but how you handle it can change. So in order for all of us to start gaining the wins instead of the losses, there are a few things that we need to understand. And this leads us to point number one today, which is this. Temptation is common. Common. Verse 13, this is where we are going to be camping out this morning. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. No temptation that you have ever fallen into in your entire life or will ever fall into in the rest of your life is uncommon. It's all common. It's important to understand that I cannot focus on God and pleasing Him at the same time I'm focusing on fulfilling the lusts of my flesh. I cannot focus on pleasing the Lord at the same time that I'm focusing on giving in to temptation. You just can't do it. See, I don't know if you've noticed this, but when you're focused on the Lord, I don't want to give in to sin. When I'm thinking upon what God's word says and I'm praying and I'm interceding, I don't want to give in to sin. I don't want to do it. But the moment I let my guard down, while that temptation is strong, is where I find myself giving into it. See, it really takes the fun out of sin when you're focusing on the Lord. I mean, talk about the opposite of a real party starter when it comes to sinning is praising the name of Jesus, focusing on God's word or prayer. Nothing will shut down the fun of sin faster. But see, when I'm focusing on my sin, it takes the drive of pursuing holiness and it throws it to the wayside. If I'm going to be pure and holy before the Lord, which I think we all want to be as men and women that follow after Jesus Christ, we need to understand temptation never goes away. It's extremely common, but I need to know where my focus is. Because I, listen guys, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. I mean, that's what the Bible tells us. We've all sinned. And if you think about it, if I'm digging into God's word and into prayer, I don't want to do this sinful thing. It's the moment that I lose my focus and then I start thinking upon how maybe I can get away with this sin or one last time or one more time or it's not that bad or maybe on the weekend or I had a rough day or whatever it might be is when I fall. So when temptation comes and it will come and it comes again and again And then it comes again. Our focus must be on the Lord. Remember what we studied in the last section, 1 Corinthians 10? Look at your Bible, verse 6. Paul wrote and said that these things became our examples. Remember the people of Israel. And what was recorded were an example for us to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Remember, the Bible tells us that there was a group of people that were under that cloud that saw the pillar of fire, that walked through the sea, that drank the spiritual drink, that ate the manna, and they displeased God because they lusted after evil things. So the temptation is there. 
getting you to, to draw that lust out of you. Lusting after evil things. The people of Israel failed and displeased God and they didn't enter into the promised land because their heart was after evil things. They thought about it. They desired it. They acted upon it. They saw the mighty works of God. But yet there was something inside them that yearned for that which was evil. And see, the temptation that comes, let me tell you something. It's really interesting about temptation. Temptation actually shows you something as a Christian. It'll show you where you're weak at. It'll show you what's inside your heart. Because if it wasn't in your heart to begin with, then it wouldn't be tempting, would it? And Satan will not allure you or, or try, to, try to lure you in with something that looks alluring with something that is not even in your heart to begin with. See, what happens is if Satan is going to tempt you, he's going to tempt you with something that your flesh desires because he's not stupid. He's not an idiot. He's not going to tempt you with something that you look at and go, oh my gosh, that's disgusting. You know, I can't, like he's not going to do that. Something that's repulsive to you, he's not going to use that. He's going to use something that your heart's going to lust after. The Lord, and we'll see this in just a moment, but the Lord will even be working through temptation. And every failure in the life of a Christian is in some way connecting, is some way connected to lusting after the flesh. Lusting after something that is evil. See, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Please understand that. There's no perfect people. We've not been faithful to the Lord 100% of the time, but that doesn't mean that we stop trying. I can't be perfect, so I'm just going to give in to sin. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to do because you feel defeated. And you feel like, you know what, I just can't kick this habit or I just keep falling into sin over and over again. So I might as well just be like, you know, and then dive in. Don't do it. Because Satan tempts you and you give in to the sin and then he condemns you and then you think you're too far gone. You have to keep trying. It's a defeatist mentality to stop trying because you failed. So get up and get back in the game. Repent from your sin and run your race to win. Because if you failed, welcome to the club. There is none righteous, no, not one. We've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. But Jesus didn't come for the righteous. He came for the sinner. As it says in Mark 2, verse 17, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He came for you and for me. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to seek and to save that which was losing the battle with sin. He came to seek and to save those that were giving in to the temptation. He came that you might be set free. He came for you and he came for me. Furthermore, listen to me very carefully. God called you to follow him knowing every sin you would ever commit before you were even born. Knowing every failure of your past, your present, and even your future. See, it's not about our faithfulness. It's about God's faithfulness. You might think, well, hey, aren't you excusing the person? No, 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 no. By me saying it's not about our faithfulness, I'm not saying, hey, it's excusing you from, from being faithful following the Lord. 
Because I'm going to tell you right now, you should pursue holiness and pursue righteousness, but thank God that God's forgiveness and love and power is not connected to our faithfulness. Because we would be done. That should cause us to fall on our knees in repentance and say, God, please forgive me. Please forgive me of my sin, Lord. I have not been faithful. Help me. He knows that you're not perfect. He knows that you fail. But you can be confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it until the day Jesus Christ comes back. Philippians 1.6. As we're focusing on God, we need to understand that the temptations we face are common to mankind. In some way, shape, or form, every person on the face of the earth is tempted in the same way. In the same way. Often, it's a ploy of the enemy to get you to think that you're the only one that struggles like this. In all of mankind, it's you alone. You're the one with a special problem that is just so unlike everyone else. You're right. It is me. I'm the only one. Temptations are common to man. So in one sense, knowing that temptations are common to man, that should relieve us, maybe a little bit in knowing that truth, but on the other hand, it kind of should make us a little upset. What do I mean by that? Well, this. It doesn't say that the temptation is a limited edition temptation. It doesn't say that this temptation is hard to find. But you did. It's common. It's available everywhere. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So we get overtaken and overrun by very common temptations. I thought I was strong in the Lord and I'm getting taken out by a common temptation. It's common. Everybody in some way, shape, or form experiences that sort of temptation. Satan doesn't have anything new in his playbook. He's been doing the same common thing every single time. And we fall for it. Does it look good? Does it make me feel good? Or does it make me look good? Those three things have literally been in place since the book of beginnings, since Genesis. Does it look good? Does it make me feel good? Does it make me look good? The fruit looks good. Tastes good, makes me wise like God. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. But even if we're faithless, God is still faithful. When the temptation comes, we need to know that the temptation is common, but God is faithful. It is a common temptation. Other men and women in the same room were all experiencing something just like it. As it says in 2 Timothy 2 verse 13, according to God's faithfulness, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. So point number one this morning is temptation is common, and that leads us to point number two. But God is faithful. But God is faithful. That temptation is common, and everybody's experiencing it, but God is faithful. 
There's a powerful verse in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. It says, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We have an advocate through Jesus Christ. He is for us. He is for you. He knows the wages of sin is death, and that's why he came and died on the cross to pay the price for that sin, that through faith in him you might be saved. He understands that. Sin destroys us. In order to have victory over sin, we need to understand God's faithfulness to us. Because remember, might I say again, strength that knows itself to be strength is weakness, but weakness that knows itself to be weakness is strength. See, this temptation is common, and we fall prey to common temptations, but it's not about our strength. It's about God's faithfulness to us during those tempting times, during the temptation. We need to understand how God in his very nature is true to his word and his character is faithful and true. He promised never to leave you or forsake you. He promised that when you're walking through the fire, he's walking there with you. He's faithful even in your most trying moments. He's faithful to even, get this, use the temptations of the evil one as an opportunity for great spiritual growth and empowerment. To use those times when you're being tested for great spiritual growth and empowerment. And as I mentioned earlier, temptations don't go away, but how you handle them can change. I can tell you certain things that I had struggled with. I shared with you about that first year of ministry. Fear of failure and anxiety and self-worth and things that I felt the enemy had tempted me in. And when the Lord walks you through that fire and he brings you through the other side and then you start to see those temptations come up, you recognize them for what they are. I see what that is. And I've already been there, done that, and there's no way I'm doing that again. He is faithful, even in our most trying moments. The things that were used to lure you in are now powerless against you. See, the temptations don't change how you handle them, does. Now, those things that used to be sucking you right in, now all of a sudden, they're powerless. You begin to recognize the temptations of Satan and you claim the victory that you have through faith in Jesus by exercising your free will to just say, no, no, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. No. Again, in verse 13, this is the second part of that verse. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able No matter how terrible the temptation, as a follower of Jesus, listen to me carefully, please. You need to own this for yourself. As a follower of Jesus, you will never be tested beyond your ability to destroy that temptation. Ever. You will never be tested by something that's more powerful than you are. Ever. There is one way that God shows you his faithfulness by not allowing you to be tested beyond that which you're able He's faithful to never allow you to be tested by something that is more powerful than you are. Do you understand the power that you have through faith in Jesus Christ over temptation? 
Every sin that you have ever given into is not only common, but it is weaker than you. When I was studying this, it got me fired up. When I was reading this, some people think like, you know, Christianity is boring, church is boring, whatever. I'm telling you, it's not for me. As a follower of Jesus, and you know that his word is living, it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And I start thinking about this stuff. Every sin that we have ever given into is not only common, but is weaker than me. It should make you upset. This is unbelievable. Do we understand that? The temptations of Satan are common and are weak. You might think, they're not weak in my life. What is the enemy wanting to do to you? He wants you to feel weak, and he wants you to think that he's strong. And we fall for them often because we think we'd never fall for them. I know that I'm weak, but then I'm strong in the Lord. You might feel defeated today because of your sin. and You know what? That's a normal feeling for anyone that is given into temptation. You give in to sin, you feel defeated because you lost. Oh, great. Thanks, Pastor Garrett. I'm feeling more depressed at the, as we go. <laughs> you need somebody to tell you straight. And that's God in his word. We give in to sin. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't make excuses for it. Call it for what it is and recognize that it's going to come back again and then crush it. It's a normal feeling for anyone that's given into the temptation of sin to feel defeated. However, as a loving brother in Christ, you need to stop sulking and you need to confess your sins to the Lord and get back in the fight. Because once... Once the enemy gets a foothold in your life or gets some sort of sin in your life, he's letting the air out of your balloon, so to speak. He, he, he's, he, he's, he's siphoning off the energy and, and power that you're to be exercising in effective ministry to the world around you. And he's getting you sucked into this moment of, I gave in to sin and now I'm destroying my life and I'm stuck here. And now I'm self-focused and I'm depressed. You need to confess your sin to the Lord. Say, Lord, I have done this. It's sin. Forgive me. Confess it to the Lord and he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And then you immediately need to get up and get back in the game. Confess your sins to the Lord. 1 John 1, 9. Because you are able to fight and you're able to win. You're able to win. No temptation is overtaking you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. So God provides everything that we need when we need it and we are able to overcome it. God will work in our resources, in our state of mind, our circumstances and make us able to overcome that temptation. So again, verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you're able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So point number one, temptation is common. Point number two, 
but God is faithful. And that leads us now to our third and final point, number three, to make a way of escape. To make a way of escape. But with the temptation, we'll also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. The other way that God displays his faithfulness to us in every temptation is he gives us a way of escape that we can bear that temptation. Now, we have a lot of different ideas when it comes to, I know I've heard a lot of different ones, when it comes to, you know, this concept or idea or really what God's word says when he tells us that he makes a way of escape. You know, God will make a way of escape for me. You know, sometimes I think, you know, and the most fascinating one is uh, that we're like in a Star Trek episode and that, you know, God is just going to beam us up, Scotty, out of any kind of temptation that we're in. There you are, about to give in to temptation, and then you're sitting there, why am I not disappearing right now? I don't understand. Why am I still in this situation that's so tempting and I'm still here? I thought God would give me a way of escape. Lord, get me out of here. I'm ready. Beat me up. Whatever it might be. No, your way of escape doesn't normally work like that. I mean, I'm actually being facetious. It it never works like that. But Lord, you said that you'll give me a way of escape. Yes, I did says the Lord. Do you see that vertical rectangle with a circle on it? Yes, Lord. It's a door. Use it. (laughs) Open it. Leave. For the Christian, every temptation has an exit door built into it. Every temptation that is common to man, knowing God is faithful... Every temptation has an exit door built into it. I mean, we look around this room and you can see the exit signs that shows you where to get out. So God gives you the ability to overcome and then the strategy to exit any temptation. But you need to choose. You need to act. God's not going to do it for you. You, as a human being, get to make the decision. Now, has anybody ever been to a gathering or a party that, you've ne- that you didn't want to go to? Anybody in your life? Thank you for raising your hands. For those of you that haven't, this is church, you know? You shouldn't be lying in front of everybody. But we've all been to things that, that we probably didn't want to go to. And there you are, and you and your date that have been there for about 10 minutes plan your exit strategy. And as you're looking around the room, you know who may or may not want to stop you if they see you exiting, right? Oh, if I go that way, they're for sure going to flag me down. And then, you know, then I'm going to be stuck there and then I'm not going to be able to make my way out. You know which exit's by the bathroom. Because it's very convenient. Oh, I'm going to use the restroom. And then slip out the back. And plan your way out. For most people, we don't realize that temptation requires a test subject, if you will. It needs a person. Temptation floating around isn't tempting. There needs to be a person in it. And we find ourselves getting into hot water when we don't exit our temptation, but rather find ourselves lingering around in it. When temptation comes, you need to fly that coop. You need to leave. 
If you're in a situation that's tempting, because quite frankly, it's hard enough to be pure and holy before the Lord without placing ourselves in the middle of a tempting situation. Don't wait around to see what happens. Like, hey, it's getting a little hot, but uh, it's not too hot yet. Let me just see, you know, what happens. Because I'll tell you what will happen. You're going to fall into sin. You think you can play around with it and not have it burn you? You're wrong. But even as you would be looking for a way out of the awful party, you need to be looking for the nearest exit out of temptation. Where can I go and what can I do? If I'm in this relationship and there's something happening with us physically that shouldn't be happening or I know it's about to happen, where, what can I do to not be in that situation? It's not going to be, oh, it's in the moment and everything's cool and everything I heard about on Power 106 is coming true right now, you know. And, and no, it's like, you got to get out of there. You need to leave. You need to run. Don't forget the vertical little object with the circle on it. It's a door. You move your feet. You choose. You act. God is faithful. And because he is faithful, his faithfulness to you means that he will not allow you to be tempted by something greater than you, and he will not allow you to be tempted without giving you a way out. But then you're like, it's just too much for me. I can't do it. Look at what it says at the end of verse 13. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You're able to bear it. That phrase in the Greek language which the New Testament was written in can be translated as this, to bear by being under, to bear up a thing placed on your shoulders patiently. It also goes on to say you're able to endure. Lord, I'm feeling this pressure and this weight. You can hold it because that weight is not stronger than you because you're relying on Jesus and his strength is unmatched and you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. It's time for us as Christians. Now, I'm not saying, hey, you know, you try to be a good person. You were born in America. You went to Sunday school when you were a kid. I'm talking about somebody who has put their faith in Jesus, who has been made alive spiritually, because you cannot, you cannot according to the Bible, call yourself a Christian unless you've been born again, unless you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, because you're still dead in your sins. And there's no way around it. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit because you've been made alive spiritually through faith in Jesus, then your shoulders are able to bear any temptation that comes your way. It's time to start knowing who you really are. There's that old, I think it was a Disney show, I think Hudson watched it maybe a few years ago, and I forget the name of it, I want to say it was like Clarence the Lion or something, I don't know, but he was raised by sheep, and this massive male lion you know, was tiptoeing through the pastures thinking that he was a sheep and he didn't know who he really was until a wolf came to try to attack his mom and his family and then all of a sudden something welled up inside of him and he just roared and he realized who he was. Same too is also the Christian who realizes his strength is not his own but it belongs to God Almighty working through that person. That's what we need to realize. The temptations will come, and they're going to come, and they're going to come, and they're going to come again. But the way you handle it changes. You have the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. You're more powerful than your worst temptation. 
That's not just the pastor preaching. That's what the Word of God says. And so you go home later today and there comes that temptation. It's not what did Garrett say. No, it's what does God's Word say. Because God's Word is living and it's powerful and it's true and it helps me in my time of need and I am more powerful than this temptation because of Christ that is working inside of me. And you gain the victory. And the very thing that used to lure you into sin is the very thing now that you see defeated before your very eyes because you are able to bear it and crush it and so first corinthians 10 verse 13 no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man but god is faithful who will not allow you to be able or to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it so fight for the prize and win let's pray father we thank you lord for your word and I thank you, Lord, for this place where we can come and worship you and study your word and be encouraged. Lord, we are in a spiritual battle. We recognize that. We deal with it every day. I pray, Lord, that we would no longer succumb to the temptations of Satan. Please, Lord, give us complete victory. Please, Lord, those areas of weaknesses that we have, we confess them to you even now. We confess them to you now, Lord asking for your help, for your guidance, for your strength. Lord, I pray that we would not continue losing, but that we would start winning. I pray that we would have a righteous indignation, that we would be upset, Lord, over sin. But that we would have godly sorrow that leads us to repentance and turning from that sin. Not just, oh, I'm sorry I sinned, but that when it comes around again, that we would rise up in your strength. And have that victory. And so Lord. I just pray right now. For every man or woman that's listening to this. Lord if they are overtaken by sin. I ask that today. They would confess it to you. And be forgiven. I pray that if there are any here today. That are not born again. They're not made alive spiritually. That they would give their life to you. That they would put their faith in you. And repent and turn from their sin Lord. Because it doesn't say that. The unbeliever is able to bear temptations, to have victory over sin. It says the follower of Jesus is. And so, Lord, I pray that if there have been any on the fence, Lord, that have been kind of indecisive about where they stand with you, I ask, Lord, that today they would understand that apart from you, they can do nothing, but with you, they can do all things. And there's no middle area. You can't be half in and half out. You're either all in or all out. And with every eye closed and head bowed, if you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never put your faith in Him, you would say, you know what, I'm not born again. But I like to be made alive spiritually. I like to be forgiven of my sin. I like to have victory over temptation. With every eye closed and head bowed, if that's you and you want to experience the love of God and receive that forgiveness in your life today, And with every eye closed and head bowed, would you just hold your hand up and say, yes, that's me, because I'm going to lead you in a prayer of dedicating your life to Jesus. And church, would you just be praying with your eyes closed and head bowed just for those that are making that decision today? And even if you're not here in person and you're watching this online somewhere and you've never given your life to Jesus, would you just raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. I'd like to put my faith in Jesus today. 
And also, if there are any of you here today that would say, you know, I have been living in sin. I know better, but I've been doing things habitually that are wrong and sinful, and I need to repent and turn from that and rededicate my life to Jesus. If that's you today, with every eye closed and head bowed, would you just raise your hand as well, because I'm going to lead you in that same prayer. And just say, yes, that's me. I like to repent and turn from that. And Lord, we thank you so much, Father, for, for what you have done here today. Thank you that your word is living and powerful. And Lord, I ask God for these that have raised their hands, and even those that have not, wherever they may be, that as they pray this prayer, that they would find that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Help them to live no longer after the lust of the flesh, but to walk according to the Spirit. Help them now, Lord. And with every eye closed and head bowed, for those of you that need to commit or recommit your life to Jesus, I'm going to lead you in this very simple prayer, and I'm going to ask that you would just repeat it after me. And mean it in your heart as you pray, Dear Jesus, I know that I have sinned. And I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. I thank you that you love me even knowing everything about me. I thank you that you died on the cross for me. And I thank you that you have forgiven me of all my sin. That you fill me with your love and your joy and your peace. And give me your strength that I may be who you've created me to be. For I give you my life today. In Jesus' name.